Ooh, welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Monsieur Griffon. <laughs> Monsieur Totora. <laughs> I went for the first name and you went for the last name. And Did you say Griffin? I said Griffon. I'm so sorry. Did you sound like I said Codera? <laughs> I did the wrong name, Monsieur uh, Totora. Why, why, hello, Codera. Oh, it's, it's so good to be here in Bordeaux. That this isn't that a type of wine. Bor uh, it's also Bordeaux. a location. Oh, where? Where is that? Located? In France. It's oh, the, the Bordeaux region of France. It's not a oh. real Bordeaux unless it's from the Bordeaux region of France. Otherwise, it's just sparkling grape juice. Oh, gotcha. That's that champagne. Make, that makes regardless. Sense. You get my point. Yeah. Oh shit! Do we need to move the shop? That's what I thought we were talking. Well, you're saying that we we're in France. I thought you were saying that we had moved our shop. I to but France. like, do we have, do we officially want to move the shop? Yeah, why not? All right, let's go to France. I'm I'm down to be in the wine country. France, why not? weirdest city name. There's a town called Bitch. To Bitch France. <laughs> we can't go to Bitch. We can't go to Bitch. Yeah, do you want to just go to like? Uh, Wine country, France. How about Burgundy? Burgundy? You want to go to Burgundy? I'll be I'll be in Burgundy, France, with you. Sure. All right. We're, we're just moving. two two dudes, you know, moving their their store to a small wine town in France. It's all of that good ley line energy that makes the wine grow good. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. De oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Hi everyone! <laughs> uh, hi, hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. My name is is Tatel Rob, and <laughs> my name is Griffin. And uh, gang, it's the start of a new era. I think that it is. It's not like we're actually like pretty close to I think to an anniversary. Um, I think yeah, November next month. Well, yeah. this month, this month. <gasps> so. It all it all lines up well, basically, yeah. is what we're saying. It's, it's the start of a new era here at the pet shop remember. with uh, episode 101. So if this is your first time uh, listening and joining us, welcome to the pet shop of the multiverse where myself, Griffin, and that guy over there. Hi, I'm Zach. Yeah. We're going to find you the best pet in the multiverse that we possibly can. Well, what we got? Well, Zach, we are uh, returning to our friends over at Cobalt Press's uh, Tome of Beasts, numero una. Mm. Or I guess we're in, yeah, we're in France now, so it's, um, yeah, it's just un. Uh, but starting up, we're cracking open this book and uh, just, just grabbing some friends, seeing what they do, seeing oh, how yeah. fun they are. I love that. Uh, up first uh, in the order of operations, we have the Bukovac. Bukovic. I don't know. 
buck 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 a vac i like it. it's if you have a, a, an antsy vacuum cleaner on your back that you can't get rid of you just gotta buck a vac <laughs> this has nothing to do with horses <laughs> um, this is like a big six-legged toad with like it's almost like a, antlers yeah it's like a tree frog but like it's it's like a frog but it's like made, made of, of tree. tree yeah yeah it's got these kind of cool yeah almost bark like kind of curled horns on his head and it's just kind of looking at you it's just like a mm, mm. that uh, or it's like a Unleashing a bone-shattering roar. Oh, no. This toad-like monster bears two gnarled horns and wicked claws. It charges from its watery lair on six legs, eager for the kill. Huh. Well, not a great start for the Buckavac. Hey, you know what? I'm into it. All right. <laughs> they are pond lurkers. The placid surfaces of forest lakes and ponds hide many lethal threats, among them the buckavac. While not amphibious, the creature can hold its breath for minutes at a time and lurks under the surface in wait for fresh meat. And it has an enormous roar. Rawr. A ravenous buckavac lives to hunt and devour prey, preferring intelligent prey to animals. Uh-oh. It usually ambushes its victims. Due to its size, the beast must find deep ponds or lakes to hide in, but it can flatten itself comfortably to rest in two feet of water. <laughs> hmm. So it can squeeze. Interesting. It, it leads with its wicked horns before grabbing hold of its targets or another nearby foe and hanging on as it claws its victims to death. The creature relishes the feel of its victims struggle to escape its embrace and reserves its roar, which sounds like a cross between a toad's croak and a lion's roar emanating from a creature the size of a dragon for organized foes or against overwhelming numbers. If a Bukovac's devastating sonic attack routes its foes, it picks off remaining stragglers. Otherwise, it retreats to its underwater hiding spot. Huh. How These about that? They're kind of bastards, I think. A little bit. <laughs> but this next section I'm really curious about. It's about clamorous mating. Oh, rowdy. Solitary hunters by nature, Bukovacs pair up briefly in the spring. Male Bukovacs travel to a female's lair and demonstrate their prowess by unleashing their most powerful bellows. Villages. How's hey! <laughs> that? Have sex with me. Ah! Check hey. this shit. Check this shit out. No, no, no. Don't listen to Jeff. Listen to me. No, listen to me. <laughs> fuck that guy. No, fuck that guy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Villages 10 miles away from the lair often hear these howls for a week and pray that the creatures <laughs> don't attack. <laughs> that is just a fucking worst noise complaint. Hey. You wander into a village and just like trying to stock up on supplies for the road, and you hear these gigantic toad lion calls from the swamps nearby, and everyone's just like has cotton plugged in their ears, and it's like, is everything okay here? They're like, yeah, it's just frog sex season. Oh man, oh fucking hell! Once mating has been completed, 
parentheses, and groves of trees have been destroyed. The female finds a secluded, shallow lake in which to bury eggs. A Bukovac reaches maturity in five years, during which time it and its siblings hunt together. After the Bukovacs mature, each finds its own lair. A Bukovac is 11 feet long, including its foot-long horns, stands 4 feet tall, and weighs 4,000 pounds. The creature has a... real good. Yeah, they do. The creature has a natural lifespan of 40 years, but its noise and proclivity to ambush intelligent prey attracts the attention of hunting parties, which considerably shortens its lifespan. Yowza. Griff, I'm going to go into a little bit of acting theory. Um, uh, okay. Because you, uh, it's, you had said earlier, it was like they lead, uh, it leads with its wicked horns. Oh, And God. remember like back in acting principles when yes. you had that, like the acting exercise where we had to walk around the room. Yeah. It was like, all right, now show us like a character who would like lead with their head, mm-hmm. who would like lead with their chest or their shoulders or their, or their, or their, chin. Pel- their chin, the pelvis. Uh, and so now all I'm thinking of is this thing walking around the room being like, oh, I'm a frog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leading with my horns because I'm too afraid to let people get close to me. So I, I ward them away. Awesome. So you're so you're, you're pretending to be a buck I see. What, what, what would the buck say? Hey! Ah! <laughs> good, good, good. They are large monstrosities, neutral evil, tw- uh, 16 armor class, 199 hit points, 40-foot land speed, 20-foot swim speed, um, maxed out on strength, and pretty high dexterity and constitution to boot. Uh, good saving throws with uh, surprisingly good dexterity saving throw. <laughs> and then um, cranked out perception and stealth as well. They are immune to thunder damage. Okay. Which I guess makes sense, considering of their, their bellowing croaks. Dark vision up to 60 feet. Passive perception of 20. Dang. They speak Sylvan. What? They speak Sylvan, Zach. Okay. <laughs> uh, they can hold their breath for up to 20 minutes. They, uh, despite their enormous bulk, uh, they have a remarkably quick hop. Up to 20 feet. And then they make four claw attacks. Or two claw attacks and one bite. Or, oh my god, there's so many options of attacks it has. It can do a lot of different attacks. It can kind of mix and match however it wants. I love that. So it's bite is its most, uh, uh, its second to most powerful attack. Actually, the bite and the gore attack kind of have the same... Same steez. Are you saying Bish has teeth? Bish has teeth. This this toad got teeth. Toad's got teeth. It got teeth. It got two big claws that it can grapple you. It can grapple up to two medium-sized foes at the same time. I hate that. And then it can gore you with its horns. And then the thing we're really here for is the croaking blast, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really good band name. The croaking blast. Uh, recharges on a five or a six. The Bukovac can emit a howling thunderclap that deafens and damages those nearby. Creatures within 15 feet who fail a DC 17 constitution save take 8d8 thunder damage and are permanently deafened. I hate that. Those succeeding on the saving throw 
uh, take half damage and are not deafened. The deafness can be cured with a lesser restoration spell, but still, holy shit. Yes. Oh, God. That's wild. Okay, so my idea for, like, uh, Bukovac opera kind of goes out the window. Yeah. I mean, they can they can kind of yell and stuff still, just as long as they don't do the thunderous part. Yeah, they would be really good hecklers at, like, a sporting event. There you go. Yeah. Like there a, you go. Yeah. Hey, like a hockey suck. match. Yeah. yeah. You, you, hey, 2-2, two, two, you suck. <laughs> With all the clips from Letterkenny that you send me, I just, like, I'm now hearing, like, Shorzy's voice come out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> go give your balls a tug. Go Hey, was it, hey yeah eat shit you tit fucker go give your balls a tug <laughs> but at like 300 decibels yeah no like, like ear splitting that's the last thing you hear before you're permanently deafened is give your balls a tug give your balls a tug <laughs> <laughs> just a, and then just an explosion goes off <laughs> god these things are terrible kinda fucking loser not great pets, I don't think. Not not great pets unless you're into that kind of thing. Unless you're maybe already deaf, in which case maybe could be a decent pet. Honestly? Uh yeah, yeah uh service bukovac. Not that I think the deaf need service dogs particularly for them, that's, or service animals it, for them. That's just how it lets you know that like, you know, someone's yelling at you. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's so bassy that like you can you feel vibrate. the reverberations through the yeah. air. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just as good to just like warn people away. Just keep people oh, away definitely. from you in general. Oh man. Book like of if, see, if you see that, it's just like, it's just like a don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with it. You don't fuck a vac with a book of vac. Fuck a vac. Mm. Mm. Nah. Don't fuck with the buck. Don't fuck with the buck. There we go. There's something. I we got it. I think that's. The, I think we hit the tag. Okay, so uh, not a great pet overall. No, not really. But that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. There's no. fine. They're still. They're still good for the ecosystem. They eat a lot of invasive species. Yeah. And they taunt them in Sylvan, because <laughs> lest we forget, they speak Sylvan. They speak Sylvan, because why not? All right, uh, moving all on. All right, moving on. All right, so yeah, up next we got the garot or crab. <laughs> I'm assuming it's garot, like gar like a garot. I can only hope so. Yeah, the garot or crab. These aggressive blue-black freshwater crabs inhabit rivers and streams, scuttling along the muddy terrain in search of prey. It's the mud crab. This yeah, this kind of just sounds like a crab. It's a mud crab. Yeah. <laughs> It's got strangling claws. <laughs> there it is. Garotter crabs are named for their abnormal right claws, huh. uh, which have evolved over time to strangle prey like a barbed whip. Yikes. Yeah! Okay. <laughs> Let's go! They have a th It's clacking hordes. <laughs> their long whip-like claw is lined with powerful muscles and joints at the beginning, middle, and end that give it great flexibility. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the biomechanics of that. Like, yeah. the claw is lined with 
at the beginning, middle, and end. So can it just like it can kind of just do anything. It can grip. It's got hands. It's got claw hands. It's like the like that's I think Mr. Krabs is a garroter crab. That's why he's got such <laughs> dexterity. For sure, for sure. During mating season, thousands of garroter crabs uh, congregate in remote riverbanks and marshes, and the males whip their shells with a clacking sound to attract a mate. <laughs> That's like if we walked around just smacking our asses trying yeah. to attract people. I'm just doing some casual uh, mating flagellation. Yeah. How's it going, babe? Smack! Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, to emphasize how, like, lush my rump is, I smack it with a piece of rawhide so that you can tell how resonant it is. Uh, That's the equivalent of what's happening here. You did it. (laughs) Fuck. Sometimes you get it in one, and I think I got it in one. I think you did it, yeah. Uh, Uh, Small uh, prey. Garota crabs prey on rodents, cats, Ah! and other small animals caught by the riverbank. I mean, okay, wait a second, Griffin. Yeah. Grotto crabs are immune to psychic damage. Why? As well as being, they're immune to being charmed or frightened. I think if I had to guess looking at this, I think it's because they have an int of one. That might make sense. They have the intelligence of a single cell organism. Like, (laughs) all they know, all they know is eat, whip they shell. And lie. Yeah, that would make sense, I guess. But it is a tiny beast. Uh, it's got a 13 armor class, which I f- find impressive. Um, 18 hit points. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30-foot movement speed, which is a pretty fast crab. Like That crab can run as fast as I can. <laughs> Fastest get little crab get walk back here, you, Get back here, you little piece of shit. No! And swim speed is 7. Um, its stats are bad. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's amphibious, uh, and it's got a whip claw. What? Uh, it's a plus four to hit, and it deals a D6 plus two slashing damage. And if the target is grappled, what? 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 You get grappled by the crab? It's a it's small got- crab. It's a tiny little crab. It's a good claw, Zach. It's, it it's is- got... Muscles and joints at the beginning, middle, and, and end. And end. Oh, man. Well, it's just, it's just, it, you know, it keeps you from casting spells with verbal components as well. Wait, what? Yeah. While grappled, the target cannot speak or cast spells with verbal components. Oh, because, like, the garrot is, like, it chokes you out. Oh, okay. So it, it, when it grapples, it goes right for the throat. I think so, yeah. I think it, like... Like, yeah, it's a little whip barb goes, like, right around your throat. That could, it's been a minute, that could kill a wizard. That could kill a wizard. This is a CR 1-4 creature, one fourth creature. A single one of these could probably kill a wizard. Yeah, level 1 wizard is, what, a CR 1-8, so... <laughs> if you have a bad constitution, like, this thing could kill you in one shot. One shot, it just gets you and just... And you're, yeah. you're, you, you get fucking hit man with the piano wire and your neck comes off. And if you can't cast spells and, like, you don't have good, like, melee capabilities, like, you're done. You're done, though. Yeah. You can't hit a, a wizard can't hit a 13 AC with a dagger to save its life. No, no, of course not. <laughs> 
Unless maybe it's an elf, but still, you're not putting anything maybe. to dex, please. Yeah. <laughs> Strength? Definitely not. Wizard's worst nightmare. Wizard's worst nightmare, the Garada Crab. Can I... The spell catapult has to be used with objects, right? Not necessarily. If you're suggesting what I think you're suggesting, I will have you know that Griffin McElroy, I believe, catapulted his crab familiar snippers in Adventures on Graduation. Oh, good. So if what you're you're suggesting is what I think you're suggesting, yes, you could totally catapult a crab. I this is just like my anti wizard crab, yeah. That I keep in a little in a little uh, cage, in yes. a little fishbowl on my side. I love it. And yeah. then if there's a wizard, I'm like, ooh, hang on. I pull that out of my pocket and and chuck it. Yeah, if you're a mage slayer rogue, <laughs> you, you carry a crab. <laughs> dual wielding, dual wielders. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, uh, Griffin, uh, Griffin McElroy's character, uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment, uh, would go. Is it Fitzroy? Yeah, Fitzroy, yeah. Fitzroy uh, 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 Maplecourt. Maple yeah, it would go, snippers, get them, and just throw a crab at people. Good. It was very good. Yeah, no, uh, uh, so yeah, if we would have given our dear friend uh, Christina, mm-hmm. um, her character, uh, my character's wife, uh, Deirdre, a garroter crab she would have been unstoppable yeah she was already unstoppable she was she already fucking unstoppable. unstoppable like already was a, a, a mage slayer yeah. to slay with the best of them deirdre's my wife and i'll give her a crab <laughs> here honey i got you a present for christmas is it a new knife better Be- better it is a crab <laughs> It's basically a living, walking knife. Honey, I gave you crabs. What? Yes. No, the, these killer crabs. <laughs> They're going to kill me? <laughs> no, they kill your enemies. Dude. Uh, good pet. Honestly, I, think, I think good pet in the right circumstances. And also, to answer your usual question, Griff, yeah. good eats. I think so. I don't think there's anything about this crab that is uh, uh would make it any different than eating normal crab yeah i mean all those muscles in the honestly claws, like the claw those crab itself claw, the crab claws oh oof, those are probably like meaty peak claw that is a meaty claw big meaty, meaty claws. claws i love um garroter crab ropes course is that anything um like can they sw- can they use their their little whips to like do like oh, Spider-Man stuff? It's stunts. not the claw. I'm looking at the art. It's the arm. Like you see where there's all the segments yeah. in the mu- that I, I thought I was like the claws don't look very muscly whip like, <laughs> but no, it's like the whole arm is very It's like a slinky arm. Yeah, it's like a slinky arm, kind of. <laughs> or like um yeah, no, we'll go slinky arm. What were you gonna say? Oh well, it, it, uh, I was um, gonna make an anime reference, but you weren't ah. gonna you weren't gonna get the anime. But reference. the audience might. Okay, well, in the the show to- Tokyo Ghoul, 
Uh-huh. Um, there is a group of like government agents that uh, it's kind of horrible. So a lot of the ghouls, they get, I forget what they're called, but it's like these like tail like appendages and they can kind of all do different things. And so these okay. government people, when they catch a ghoul, they'll take it from them and Ooh. turn it into a weapon called a guinke that they'll uh-huh. use to fight the ghouls with. And Ooh. one of them has a thing that kind of looks like that weird segmented, like spiked <laughs> arm bit. That he is, he's kind of crazy, and he kills a bunch of people with it, and it's kind of badass. That's your Tokyo nice. Ghoul reference with me, Zach. Hey, watch Tokyo Ghoul. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think these things could do some, like, cool stunts. like some. Oh, stunts. probably. Yeah, they could probably Indiana Jones-style, like... <laughs> like gra- like grab stuff and like dun, yeah. dun, 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 swing from shit. In the new God of War, there's a lot of like um like grapple points where you'll use your yeah. cha- your chain blades to like so, jump and hook onto something and like pull yourself across a gap. Killer. Have you been playing? Um, Is it good? It's it's pretty good, Zach. I I was watching it, a playthrough of it. It takes a little bit to get going, but like it gets going. Oh man. I'm there's excited. a new there's a new weapon. Ooh, I'm not gonna get to play that for a very long time. Probably, yeah. But yeah, cool crabs. Cool crab. You know what? Cool, cool crabs. I like these cool, cool crabs. I'm a fan of the cool, cool crab. Yeah. I think that's all to say about the cool, cool crabs. I think that's about it. That's about all we got for the cool, cool crab. All right. Uh, then let's. Uh, I think we we've got we've got a bunch in stock right now. Yeah. We've got a big aquarium. A whole aquarium of cool cool crabs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want some cool do cool crabs coming out cool, of the cool cool shop. Some cool cool killer crabs. Yeah. Yeah. Ad break. Ad break. Monica, play the ad. I'm sorry, that came out harsh. Monica, could you please play the ad? Monica, you're very appreciated. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. I was in the moment. Hi, I'm Shifty Mercutio, owner and operator of Shifty Mercutio's pre-certified components and discount Arcana Warehouse and Layaway, your one-stop shop for all your discount spell component and arcane item needs. We understand the best spells cost an arm and a leg, but Shifty Mercutio's, they only cost a finger. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorta. Anyway, our shelves are stuffed to the brim with a premier line of locally resourced spell components, gently used magical foci, and a bunch of dusty books. What's in them? I don't know. Only one way to find out. You sword swingers tired of reaching for that rinky-dink crossbow every time something with wings shows up? Well, that's where I, Shifty Mercutio, come in. Every magical what's it in this shop will work almost every time. What? You don't take me, Shifty Mercutio, at my word? Well, then take it from some of these savvy shoppers who definitely didn't get duped. My party's fighter now has to spend even longer waiting for resurrection. Thanks to Shifty Mercutio's knockoff diamonds. Never shopping here again. I thought I struck a great deal with this wand that was said to have been found on the body of a great wizard. The proprietor neglected to say that the wizard was still alive. I'm now down one wand and 100 gold. Fuck directly off. I went in to buy a component pouch for spells. The pouch was just full of weed. Three out of five. Brings tears to the eye. So, if you're in the market for half the spell components you need at half the price, come on down to Shifty Mercutio's pre-certified components and discount Arcana Warehouse and Layaway. Shifty Mercutio's. You get what you get, 
Don't throw a fit. All right. What uh? What we got next, Griff? Up next, we have. It's been a minute since we've done like anything robotic. I want to yeah. say. Uh, we've got the library automaton. This okay. is this this little thing just looks like your kind of classic little steampunk little robot. Uh, it's got you know a central kind of looks kind of like a kettle has <laughs> like a body. Mm-hmm. And there's it's got that all like you know the steam pipes coming off of it and that brass texture and color kind of like a Modron a little bit yeah uh, it's got two kind of articulated legs and then a uh, kind of like a curvy desk lamp shaped uh, stalk coming yeah. off the top with a big eyeball a, a frighteningly human eyeball for yeah. what this machine looks like uh, is mostly mechanical Griffin did you ever watch the film Small Soldiers? Can't say that I have. Damn it. Sorry, Another great but... reference out the window. I mean, the audience might get it. Oh, it's it, it, one of the, the, there's the, you know, the Commando Elite and then there's the Gorgonites. And I, mm-hmm. I can't remember what his name is, but there's one of the Gorgonites that looks just like this fucking thing. But actually, <laughs> Gri- Griffin, go go to Google right now. Yeah, I'm there. Look up. Um, I'm going to see if I, 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 I will test Google first. Okay. Um. Yeah, look up uh, uh, Ocula, the Gorgonite from Small Soldiers. Ocula. Gorgonites. Ocula. Oh. It looks just like this damn thing. Yeah, this thing's very meat. I mean, yeah, that's, um, I but... mean, it's fle- <laughs> that one's fleshy, but yeah. It looks very, very similar. The humming servo, humming of servos, ticking of gears, and petite discharges of steam alert you to the presence of this library's diminutive custodian. Oh, that's really cute. These small constructs were created to fulfill organizational responsibilities of huge libraries with staffing problems. But some invariably learn enough about the wider world to seek out adventure and new knowledge rather than tending the items in their care. That's adorable. That's very, that's precious. <laughs> They're known as eyes of the past. While largely constructed with mechanical components, the automatons include a single human eyeball that is mounted at the end of an articulated appendage. The eye is usually donated by one of the institution's scholars, parentheses, prescribed in their will. Oh, because it's an actual <laughs> human eye. Yeah, that's why it looks like a human eye. Oh, oh, great. That's disconcerting. Yeah. But it, it's it says that they it's from they will the eyeball it's like it's like, it's like being an organ donor donated by one of the institution scholars so that they can continue serving the repositories of knowledge that were their life's work. That's see I like that that's cool. That's nice. It's like the idea of putting your you know uploading your consciousness to the cloud before you die. No thanks. Yeah, we'll unpack that can of worms sometime later. It's like when that. Remember, I'm, when, I, when I'm gone, I want to be gone, Griff. <laughs> remember Soma? Remember that one spooky yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, they're they are telekinetic. While the automatons have no arms, they can move and manipulate written materials telekinetically. Powered by keen analytical engines, the library automaton tirelessly pours through tomes, translates ancient texts, catalogs the institution's volumes, fetches texts for visitors, and occasionally rids the vast halls of uninvited pests. Well, yeah, you don't want, like, moths eating your books or whatever. 
Wizards have discovered that these clockwork bureaucrats make particularly effective caretakers for their spellbooks and scrolls while on adventures. And because they're constructs, they do not require air, food, drink, or sleep. Nice. Cute. I love them. They have a 13 armor class, 7 hit points, uh, 30 foot speed, which is yeah as fast as me. They have uh, pretty low stats. They're pretty smart for being little constructs. Uh, they have their tasks. Uh, bonuses to history and investigation, immunities to poison and charm. They do have 10 feet of true sight, which is cool. Interesting. And 60 foot of uh, 60 feet of blind sight, despite straight up having an eyeball. They do also speak common and machine speech. Cute. So they can talk to your coffee maker. They have uh, a... <laughs> what? <laughs> One cup of medium roast, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> That's the coffee maker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How do you think a coffee maker would sound like? Um... Coffee maker, coffee maker, coffee. Oh, uh, well, it, it depends on the type of coffee maker. But uh, my first instinct is like, hey, how's it going? Have you been listening to Arcade Fire lately? Okay. It's just like a hipster barista. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking like a, your good old fashioned like drip pot of coffee yeah. coffee maker. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Come right <laughs> up. All right, cup of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name. Cup of Joe. My name's Cup of Joe. <laughs> I like this character. Like uh, they have an extra dimensional book repository. A small door on the chest of the library automaton opens into an extra dimensional bookcase. This bookcase functions exactly as a bag of holding, except that it can only store written materials such as books, scrolls, tomes, parchment, folders, notebooks, spellbooks, and the like. That's really cool. That I like cool. that a lot. Yeah, God. I, I yeah. Uh, would play in a, a, a like a couple like a a short shot um, with uh, our friend Cody. Who mm-hmm. gave me an item? It was a uh, I was playing a gunslinger, and so he gave me like a tool cabinet um, mm-hmm. that was a doorknob that I would just kind of put into nowhere and open like a little tiny little tiny cabinet up. Nice. And that's kind of what that reminds me of. That's really cool. They have uh, only kind of one thing as an attack: a gaze of confusion. The automaton chooses one creature it can see within forty feet. The creature must succeed on a DC 12 intelligence saving throw or take 3d4 plus 2 psychic damage and have disadvantage on intelligence-based checks, saving throws, and attacks until the end of its next turn. And then half damage on a success. So that little spooky eyeball causes some confusion. And then lastly, they have Bibliotelekinesis. This ability functions as the cantrip Mage Hand, but it can only be used on book scrolls, maps, and other printed or written materials. Well, I'm only thinking of a fucking uh, Besrar from Fantasy High. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can um, use telekinesis, but um, only for books. So, Yeah, no, totally understood. Do you mind grabbing me my my water bottle from across the room? 
Um, I would, I would, I'd like to, but again, um, I can only use it on <laughs> books and other written materials. It's got a sticker on it. Does that count? Uh, no, <laughs> you're really not listening. Okay. So if I go over uh, and I write like my name on the water bottle with a sharpie. No, I, it uh, has to be like, uh, paper involved, I believe. I tape a piece of paper to my wall. You're really bottle. trying, and then this time you could have just gone and gotten it yourself. <laughs> that was really fun. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> Again, I can only make ice cream. So. Oh, God. There's also a little thing for here it's in the bottom. It says, if the DM allows it, the library automaton can serve as a familiar for a non-chaotic spellcaster. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a fun little sort of familiar variant. This would be great for, like, like steampunk Jojen. Oh, wizard. yeah. Like, because I basically had, like, a holodeck that I mm-hmm. stored things, in no- notes in anyway. Yeah, um, no, those would be great. I, love I, the, I like these guys a lot. I love the fact that it says that sometimes they'll just kind of like get a hankering for adventure and then they leave, kind of like mm-hmm. a wall a Wall-E sort of sort of you know journey. Yeah, but, I mean, if this thing's reading, you know, the one library automaton that's assigned to like the YA section of the library. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that or what's it? The I have I'm you know married to a, an author. I think it's a new adult. It's like young adult, but it has sex in it. Um, yeah, uh, uh, so yeah, you got just one really, uh, really horny automaton that's like, there's lots out there, I've got to find out, and goes on his own Wall-E style journey, his name is Paul, Paul E, um, and he, uh, yeah, finds out what he means, yeah. The young adult automaton goes on adventures and um, you know, overthrows governments, and the new adult automaton um, does the same thing, but also discovers um, strap-ons. Yes. There you go. All right. Yeah. Uh, I love these things. Great pets. I'm a big fan. Big, yeah, good, good little buds. And yeah. If you can, as long as you can get over the weird eye. You know, mm-hmm. that can be a little um, haunting at first, but, you know, just give it some time. I feel like it'd be a lot about, like, almost like, not quite like raising a child, but in mm-hmm. the same sense of, like, someone whose scope of the world is always expanding. You're yeah. going to get a lot of questions that you're going to have to, like, answer with a good deal of responsibility. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't want this to be, like, a... a, a, a that one clip where it's the robot, it's like, what is my purpose? You pass butter. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, don't want the ha- I don't want that to happen to this little guy. I want this guy, little guy to have the freedom to roam if he wants to roam. You know, it's all about love, baby. So, like, just, you know, establish that partnership. Mm-hmm. And I think you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. All right. We good with our library at top of Han? I think so. I think so. Okay, friend. Okay, friend. Well, uh, good pet. Good. You know what? Great fucking pet. Yeah. All right. And I didn't mean to put these two next to each other in the in the running, but there's going to be a, maybe some some similar themes here. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So up next we have the paper Drake. Ooh. I know. 
So Paper Drake, it's a little Drake, made a paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, it's a little origami Drake. Yeah. Man, origami Steve's the fucking best at origami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you is fucking origami Steve good at origami? Uh, think for a second with your fucking brain. Dumb fucking question. <laughs> Cussing Jerry? Go to the principal's office. I'll call your dad. Call my fucking dad. Not, Not my fucking, my fucking dad. dad. <laughs> I'll call your dad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> look up uh, look up Origami Steve from uh, Bim Bam on YouTube. It's very good. Uh, with its sharp angles and translucent skin, this draconic creature looks as if it were carefully folded from a massive sheet of paper. It's not actually made from a sheet of paper. Well, hang on, because, like, this book likes to describe things. Like, it described the Bukovac as toad-like when it was just a big toad, it's you know? It's just a toad. Let's yeah. find out. Well, it's, it's just, it looks as if it were carefully folded. Fuck, I don't know. Book and map ear uh, erasers. I almost said earsers. That's not the word. <laughs> Book and map erasers. These drakes originated in exotic lands far away where paper is as common is as common as parchment and vellum. Oh, huh. no, they, they haven't figured out how to make like paper, paper paper from trees. Yeah. Okay. They now vellum's, inhabit. Vellum's real weird when you think about it. Isn't it just like skin that's been dried yeah. out and made crispy? Yeah. Ugh. It's like hide. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. They now inhabit wide stretches of the world and they seem to have edited their origins out of history. Whoa. Whoa. Paper drakes are a bane to historians and spellcasters because they can erase ink and pigments, and they often do so at random, simply for aesthetic purposes. <laughs> they adore the possibility of a blank page, but they also sometimes erase one selectively to make beautiful patterns in the remaining ink. That's interesting. Yeah. Their hoard can... is letters. Yeah. Yeah. Correcting errors. Some paper drakes have a compulsion to correct errors in text or speech. And in these cases, their strange ability isn't a nuisance. Indeed, huh. these paper drakes help scribes correct mistakes, update outdated texts, or erase entire volumes so they can be uh, hand-lettered again with different text. They're the king of palimpsests. <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> Send these to Sam. Apparently, they're tattoo magicians. Tell me more. Paper drakes are sometimes subjected to strange magical rituals in which wizards tattoo powerful runes and symbols onto their skin. Those who survive this process gain even stranger esoteric abilities, such as the ability to stamp text or images with their skin. Oh, sorry. Yeah, such as the ability to stamp text or images with their feet, the ability to make illustrations move as if alive, or even the ability to erase the memory of written words from a person's mind, oh. such as they erase text from a page. Holy shit. Huh. Weird. Interesting. Also, But then just also another example of wizards fucking with things. Wizards just need to stop fucking with things. Wizards, you need to calm the fuck down. For hey, wizard friends, fucking chill for a little bit. Like, what the hell are you doing? You never hear like 
cases of druids fucking with the natural order or like even warlocks kind of just like stay in their lane yeah stay in your lane wizards in their regular form paper drakes reach just over a fl- uh, just over four feet in length and weigh about 30 pounds okay they're usually white or tan but develop a brown or yellow tone as they age <laughs> that's fun dang they're kind of beefy yeah. Yeah. Oh my 13 God. armor class, 78 hit points, 40 foot walk speed, 100 foot fly speed. That's fast as fuck, boy. Pretty fast as fuck, boy. Uh, the only thing they have under a, under a 10 is strength, which makes sense. But mm-hmm. the rest of their stats are pretty good. Uh, they're yeah. immune to paralysis and, or the unconscious uh, condition. Um, dark side huh. out to 60 feet. No uh, common, draconic, dwarvish, and elvish. That kind of makes sense. They're. Covered in writing. Yeah. Uh, they have a, an ability called Shelve. A paper drake <laughs> can fold itself into a small, almost flat form. Perfect for hiding on bookshelves. <laughs> the drake can still be recognized as something other than a book by someone who handles it. Uh, who, yeah, doesn't just glance at it on a shelf and makes a successful DC 11 intelligence, nature, or investigation check. The drake can hop or fly clumsily by flapping its pages five feet <laughs> but, uh, per turn in this form. And then, and then it has refold. Okay. It's a charge on a five or six. A paper drake can fold its body into different uh, sizes and shapes. The drake can adjust its size by one step in either direction. Uh, oh. but can't be smaller than tiny or larger than medium size. Changes in size or shape don't affect <laughs> the paper drake stats. Did you ever play Paper Mario? I did. Ugh, I'm just getting huge Paper Mario flashbacks. Because, yeah. like, you can fold yourself into a paper airplane mm-hmm. and, like, a tube and a boat and all uh, that oh, shit. What would be, if you were a Paper Drake, what would you, like, origami yourself into? Hmm. Just for funsies? Just for funsies. Um, hmm. Probably, like... Like a like a like a ball and stick kind of game. Oh, yeah, nice. So I could like or like a, one of those like pow ball things. Oh, <laughs> just like Love if that. I was if I was bored, I could just like turn into like a like turn into a game. Yeah, I could turn bad. myself into a crossword puzzle. I was gonna say I would um, just change my form to make different clothes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, like it just like you know, you can have like a cool coat or like a skirt or oh, like oh, like over your Drake form. Yeah, already. like over the Drake form. Yeah, like not you just know, turn just, your like, entire body into a coat. No, like I would like stand up, you know, straight and just kind of like you know, like just make cool fashions. <laughs> just like Zephyr. Just like Zephyr, my yeah. boy, my dragon boy, people <laughs> circle. Paper Dragon Boy. Paper Dragon Boy. Papers of Fear. Papers of Fear. Coming to you soon from Ghostlight Media, our first video game. Papers of Fear. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of hello, it's hello. Hello. <laughs> There's something like. Yeah, instead in... of it's a me, Mario. Why, hello. I'm Zephyr. <laughs> <laughs> There's somewhere. The last name is a lot, Shenastilioth, but there's somewhere you can fit the word sheet in there. Yeah. Like, like, Sheetastilioth. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> like a that's, sheet of paper. That's pretty and, good. Anyway. Um, but he's got a multi-attack. It does a bite and a claw. Uh, bite and a tail. Two, and it's, well, yeah, it, well, and then the tail is a recharge thing. But like when it, but multi- it can do all three on the same round. Oh, shit, it can do all three. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. And bites 2d6 plus 3. Claws are 3d6 plus 3. Paper cut. And then the tail is 5d6 plus 3. And the target must succeed on a DC 13 con save or be incapacitated. It's because it gets a big paper cut and it's got to stop the bleeding. <laughs> or it's like it's the it's the um the improvised weapon of like you soak like rolled up newspaper in water. And, like, it just becomes, like, a, a big bludgeon. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, where are you going with this? this... It, like, absorbs the water so yeah. it gets more weight to it. Yeah. And then it, like, dries out and it's hard. And, yeah, you bash someone with it. You just hit someone with it. Yeah. At least according to the the TV shows where they show, like, prison stuff. Oh, gotcha. This is, yeah. like, a prison thing. It's, like, a prison thing. Gotcha. Allegedly. Allegedly. I've never been to prison. All right, so Paper Drake's. Paper Drakes. Paper Drakes. I think pretty good pet. Pretty good pet. Now, like, like, look, if you made a, like, a pretty good, like, rapport with a Paper Drake, uh-huh. and, like, imagine, like, what a good, like, assassination pal this would be. Like, you, oh. ma- like you mail someone. It's like, someone's <laughs> like, oh, look at this lovely book I've just re- uh, received. Holy and then it's suddenly it's like, Transformer book! <laughs> <laughs> see i'm i i've been thinking a lot about like an idea for a wizard school very strixhaven style mm-hmm. and these fit right in small Paws big academy yeah that's the one um but like these these fit right into that sort of thing and like i like that they are true neutral because i think i think there are paper drakes that are very attentive and are like copy editors mm-hmm. and help you like catch grammatical errors and then there are paper drakes who just kind of like eat the ink off a page and go, look at this cool mosaic I just made. Yeah. And it's like paper drake, that was my term paper. Like that was my that was my thesis. That was my uh, transmutation thesis and look how, what the fuck you've done. How dare you? I love uh, I'm thinking in my head right now the idea of how the newsy strike in the 1920s would have gone. Um <laughs> If Paper Drakes were involved, <laughs> like the show Newsies would be so different. <laughs> There's like the line in Carrie and the Bear uh, at the beginning where it's like, if I hate the headline, I'll make up a headline and I'll say anything I have to. And then the Paper Drakes like, yeah, we could totally do that. And then it just changes the headlines on all the papers. God. Very good. Yeah, yeah. A, a complete a complete shift. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what are other forms of media outside of academia? Newspapers. Newspapers. There you yeah. go. Um, recipe books. Ooh, yeah. When you're when you're like, actually, I think I, I need like I need an extra you know, teaspoon of paprika in this, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, gotcha. I'll make that note. Yeah, and it just changes this up for you. Or the shitty ones that change all the teaspoons to tablespoons. Oh god, yeah, absolute mess. Well, that in theory, then you just make a bigger serving size of everything that you're creating. But like, if not everything else is adjusted, though, oh, just just, just, just teaspoon to tablespoon. Oh shit, then yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, 
All sides, yeah. especially if you're baking something. Yeah, Ooh, you're too doomed. much salt. Like paper dracos, but I want. But that was that was fun for me. <laughs> Don't like, do it again. Like my my entire cake is a wash now, and I'm not going to win the big baking contest. Yeah, I was making. It was going to be in a baking contest, and then it was going to be at my sister's wedding, and now my sister doesn't have a wedding cake, and that's because of you, Rick. And the paper drake just unfolds its wing and just says, "Deal with it." <laughs> written on the wing deal with it oh i love that <laughs> idea very sassy paper drake that just oh, has yeah. quips like on its wings <laughs> it lifts yeah. out one wing what and then the other one ever yeah on the back of it it says chia motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> this is the paper drake that came out of like like teen magazines yeah <laughs> Well, I, I love attitude, all. attitude, and all. I fucking love paper drakes. Holy shit! Paper drakes, pretty good pets, I'd say. Pretty, pretty good pets, yeah. In the right circumstances. I like the idea that like what sort of thing they're made out of, uh, you know, changes like their attitude. Like That'd there's, be fun. you know, like the uh, like one that's like seven, you know, from Seventeen magazine. Yeah. And it's like, hey, do you want to know whether or not your boyfriend is cheating on you? Just take this easy quiz. It's on my right wing. It only takes <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Oh, goodness. Anything else on Paper Drakes? I think I'm good. I kind of love them. They're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. You know what? They're they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. And now we're going to make a video game about Papers of Fear. Papers of Fear. Coming to you 2030. Wahoo. <laughs> very good thank you well folks that's gonna do it for us for this episode thank you all so much for listening to another one here at zach and griffin's multiversal pet shop uh we're we this is now episode 101 which is cool as heck mm-hmm. now we got now we're locked into doing another 100 episodes zach yeah we can't we just are. stop like we can't I was trying to think of um, a 101 Dalmatians goof, but I couldn't Mm. get there. Okay, that's fine. Like 101 dumb asses. Because we're we're goons. Move on. If you enjoyed the show... (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can find us on socials. We're on Pet Shop Cast on Twitter for now. Unless Twitter implodes soon, in which case yeah. we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out, gang. Um, we'll let y'all know. And uh, but until then, find us on socials there. And uh, honestly, the thing that helps us out the most is just telling your friends about us. Uh, word of mouth goes a long way. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes or anything on the Ghostlight Media Network, just tell a friend. Tell a pal about it. Um, and if you love us, you know, really, like, really much, then you like can, really much, like, really much. That's not a proper sentence, but I'm gonna say it care. anyway. If you love us really much, really, you much. can check us out on patreon.com/slash ghostlight media, where you can download to uh, not download, but where you can donate to us uh, monthly and uh, support the shows that you love to hear. Hell yeah, amazing, amazing. I think that's about right. I think that's it. Uh, I think by this point the shop is now like secured. Settling. It's yeah, settling, it's settling in, Bor- in in Burgundy. In, Bur- 
Burgundy. 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 Burgundy, Francie. Uh, fucking atrocious. Great. Uh, thank you all for listening. I've been Griffin. I have been Zach. And just remember, folks, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. It's all about love. And the Burgundy, Francie. Burgundy. <laughs> Bye. Thank you all for listening to episode 101 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Ice Deer Brewing, Savani, and Trent for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nicole Tuttle Rob for making our theme song. You can find Nicole on Twitter at Nicole Voice and on The Silent Secrets as part of Ghostlight Media. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast, also part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, uh, hey, Christmas is coming up. Time to do some shopping. tpublic.com slash Ghostlight Media. <laughs> Bye. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.